Welcome to the Casual Planeswalker Podcast, the show made by casual players for casual players. Welcome to the Casual Planeswalker Podcast. The Magic Podcast made for and by casual play- casual players. Sorry. Um, this week we have a stellar crew as always. Um, we got Brad, DJ, Josh, Zach, and Leroy. So pretty excited to uh, jump in to this week's material. So let's start off with uh, talking about what. Sorry. I was really confused for a second because you named five names, but I only saw four people in the call. But there's oh. counts me. <laughs> I was I had my fingers out and everything. I was talking about uh, DJ's clone, actually. Yeah, oh. my bad. I just I know how to count. It's all good. That's why I counting. Counting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not that important in the world of magic, anyways. So. <laughs> So says Alabaster Mage. <laughs> but, yeah, so um, we've all had a little bit of time to you know, see some of the new cards that have been spoiled. We've pretty much been on the, the front line for that, so I know I'm definitely excited about a few cards in particular uh, that we didn't have at the, la- at the time that we recorded our last podcast. So why don't we spend a few minutes uh, talking about some of our favorite cards that we've seen uh, since last week? Um, why don't we let's let's talk about white first? Um, I know there's one one card definitely jumps out at me personally, but um, I don't know. Let's go with uh, Josh. What what is which card has has jumped out at you so far in white? Oh man, I'm gonna take the cheap route on this and go with the new mythic. I uh, I thought that angelic destiny was pretty awesome. The uh, two and two white enchanted creature, enchanted creature gets plus four plus four, is flying first strike, and is an angel. Uh, when the creature dies, return the destiny to its owner's hand. That seems pretty awesome to me. Pretty much as good as you could imagine. It's like ranker for white <laughs> on steroids and mythic. <laughs> Wow. Exactly, Leroy. Wow. I've spent time putting stuff up, but not really time reading the cards. So... <laughs> <laughs> so I just gotta like, stick with oh. that. I think it's pretty epic. I, I think the art is fantastic, too. Oh, yeah. I'll agreed. It sort of reminds me a little bit of, like, Final Fantasy-esque. Yeah, it kind of does. It's really like nine. bright. Yeah. But it definitely looks awesome. Um, I, I kind of want to know what's what's going on in that picture other than, I mean, obviously she's about to become an angel, but... Yeah, it was the uh, wizard's wallpaper of the week last week, so you can see it in high res there. Oh. Uh, it's interesting, too, it's got two artists. I can't think of another hmm. card that has that. You see that at the That's very interesting. I was just looking at... Should be following along on our complete 249 cards of 249 card uh, visual spoiler on our website, casualplaneswalker.com. Indeed, that'd be the best place to find all these awesome cards. But yes, so uh, do you know do you know where you go to uh, download those um, the wallpapers? Daily MTG uh, wallpaper archive on uh, the official Magic website. That's wizard.com, and then you can navigate through the different products to Magic. We can probably link it in the show notes. Yeah, that's that's actually that sounds like a great idea. We'll put a we'll put a link there up in the show notes. So go check that out Um, when you download this this episode. Go to again to our website casualplaneswalker.com and check out um, this episode. And we're going to have uh, that link for you in the show notes. So you can download your very own copy of uh, this uh, pretty beautiful card. Oh, man. Okay. Actually, uh, looking at it in high res, 
gives me a much better picture of what's actually going on. I didn't actually see the angel wings in the background. <laughs> Pretty crucial to the art. Ah, details. That's awesome. But in white, that was that was definitely the one I was thinking of. So um, I don't know. How about you, Zach? an interesting card. I'm trying to rack my brain uh, thinking up specific, you know, synergies. Well, that's with pretty epic. I mean, Grand Abolisher. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of him in, outside of uh, the standard realm. He's pretty, uh, shuts down almost every control deck entirely. Yeah, no more counter spells. You know. That's more straightforward. There's no waiting until the end of your turn to, mm -hmm. you know, throw up their strong forge. I like. There's also a uh, common that I think is going to be. Somebody's going to find a good way to, to exploit it, and it won't be difficult. It's uh, Stonehorn Dignitary. He's a 1 4 for 3 to white. Uh, when Stonehorn Dignitary enters the battlefield, target opponent skips his or her next combat phase. Yeah. That seems really powerful. Um, it reminds me of an older card, Blinding Angel that was a 2-4 angel and when she dealt damage to a player they would skip their next combat phase and that was pretty really really annoying yeah. Um, Astral Slide I mean, I, yeah Astral Slide is a perfect example of how uh, Stoneheart Dignitary might be exploited but not sure about in the standard realm have you seen anything that could uh, use that sort of synergy Zach? seen anything that would help it out except maybe Venser Sun Titan yeah that would be good I mean you don't have to worry about killing him yeah you can use him just to you know chump block things or die or whatever and, so you just and Venser Venser can blink him out right I think so yeah I think so There's a number of... There you go. That's a pretty awesome way to do it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could have some fun, you know, playing around with stone, the Stonehorn Dignitary and, and the Grand Abolisher. I mean... Playing with those guys, have fun. And I'm glad there are there are, are cards here, and I think there are quite a few that are going to that are almost designed to take blue down a notch. Hmm. Was blue uh, except or like exceptionally powerful? You think going on into this standard? Well, I think in general people have sort of had that. Basically, you're playing blue or not blue, and almost always splashing blue, or at least throwing in the mental misstabs, or mm -hmm. at least throwing in the force of will. Um, even if blue isn't a dominant color, the splashing those uh, alternate alternate uh, pay counter spells. Mm-hmm. 
That's true. Here's a card I forgot about. Momentary blink. Oh. That's in control. Return to the battlefield under its owner's control, and it's got a flashback cost. So. Mhm. That's in standard. That's not standard, no. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I mean, you get those. There's a couple of those. You can do like Journey to Nowhere. Um, there was one in Kamigawa. I think that was Journey to Nowhere. Was that Journey to Nowhere? I'm trying to remember. No, because Journey to Nowhere was newer. The Kamigawa one, they came back with a plus one, plus one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's been too long. Well, that was Otherworldly Journey. Otherworldly Journey, yes. I was like, gosh, I know there was Something a journey. about a journey. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Don't stop believing. Oh, wrong journey. <laughs> Actually, um, I really like, um, still in the, the realm of angels, the Aegis Angel, a, a rare in white. It's a four and two white for a five five flyer. When it enters the battlefield, another target permanent is indestructible for as long as you control Aegis Angel. So, I don't know. That seems, that seems really fun. It's like a protecting a, a buddy, basically. Yeah. Use on personal sanctuary, and you have to kill the angel before you kill the sanctuary, and you can't deal damage to your opponent. Not too bad as a five-five flyer for four. Yeah. And Mesa Enchantress coming back is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I saw that. I smiled. <laughs> yeah. It's always good times to be had with enchantments in white. Oh yeah, especially the angelic destiny coming back to your hand. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, you could have some pretty good fun with that. Oblivion rings, throw some pacifisms in, throw angelic destiny, and then maybe just knock out. Yeah. And spirit mantle. It's another great yeah. new enchantment. Oh yeah. Plus one, plus one, and protection from creatures. So they're pretty much unblockable wherever you put it on that's a fun part <laughs> you can have some good yeah there's actually quite a few decent uh, enchantments and then you got the Oromancer to bring them back from the graveyard and yeah, yeah we got some fun in white cool the fact that they have both uh, both O-ring and path up in the really cool thing yeah, yeah. Uh, so DJ, I guess you're you're the the last one to weigh in on white. Uh, let's see. Out of the ones that are left, I think timely reinforcements is really cool. It's uh, for two and a white. If you have less life than an opponent, you gain six life. And if you control fewer creatures than an opponent, you get three one one white soldier tokens. So it's kind of a cool card if you're falling behind in the battle. <laughs> It'll start to bring you back. Especially with something like White Weenie. If you have Honor of the Pure and other stuff out to get some bigger soldiers, that'll be real helpful. I like it. Mm -hmm. That's true. Plus, the flavor text is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The gods are not always kind, but they do have a soft spot for plucky underdogs. <laughs> Love it. Alright, well, um, well, you're talking about how blue has been seen as being really powerful and I mean it, it kind of seems like they're trying to to dispel that a little bit um, so I guess you know having said that what are the most captivating things that you guys have seen in blue uh, let's let's start with you DJ actually because you know we got to you last on white uh, let's see well I like Lord of the Unreal but all those phantasmal cards. Just <laughs> then, yeah. Plus, it kind of looks like you. Yeah. If you don't mind my saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I think. Oh yeah, phantasmal image is really cool. So, uh, for two, you can have like a clone, but if it's the target of anything, it'll be sacrificed, just like an illusion. So it's going to be a really cheap clone, 
And if you have Lord of the Unreal out already, then it really is a clone because it has hexproof. Mm. Huh. Wow, that's awesome. Plus, I mean, you could you could clone some pretty awesome things with uh, coming into play abilities as well. Uh-huh. Like Lord of the Unreal? Uh... Well, well, yeah, that, that would be a good target sorry, for I was, it. Sorry, I was off on another side. I was like, huh. Yeah. But, like, we were talking about the uh, the Stonehorn Dignitary, stuff like that. Got that it. has a coming to play ability. Yeah. I think it's interesting that they've given Blue an aggro element in those illusions. Uh, Merfolk is... is previously been strong, but to give Blue another pretty cool tribe uh, I think is, is great. And it's an acceptable it's, it's not, let's give Blue a bunch of more easy to play, frustrating counter spells, or you know, let's bring back Time Walk or whatever, but something that, that other colors can, can deal with. Yeah. I remember uh, Merfolk were pretty insanely aggro with the Lord of Atlantis um, then you could sort of go the other way with Mil, uh, with Mill in Merfolk as well and th that was pretty crazy that was back in uh, Lorwyn so I think it'll be probably pretty similar with the with the uh, illusions I really like um, the card Master Thief who's uh, 2 and 2 blue for a 2-2 two -two. And when he enters the battlefield, gain control of target artifact for as long as you control Master Thief. I mostly like it because he looks like a ninja. <laughs> he looks like an awesome ninja. And I don't know. It's a pretty cool, pretty cool take on the you know comes into play, gain control of a, uh, a permanent until he leaves, basically. So that's my pick. I think he's real great with Scars of Mirrodin and Standard. But later on, he might be a little expensive, I would think. Yeah. As long as you yeah. Do a batter skull, that's awesome. But, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I think uh, my personal favorite is uh, Visions of Beyond. Uh, one mana, it's an instant draw card. If a graveyard has 20 or more cards in it, draw three cards instead. I think that might be big in, in a strad. Yeah, that's going to be uh, so good. Or even uh, combining it with Jace Memory Adapt or some of the other the mill cards that we already have. Um, I, I think that's going to be big. Wow, yeah, that's amazing. An instant draw three. That's crazy. Yeah, that card reminded me a lot of Ancestral Recall and Ancestral Visions. It also yeah. gets you to draw a card. But it seems a little more balanced now. Yeah, it, yeah, it certainly is. But you know, you're right. Once the graveyard is full, it is ancestral vision. Or if it's early game, you just want the cantrip, run it. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I think probably my pick might have to be the Gin of Wishes because there's some really cool things you could do with that. Uh, have you guys looked at that yet? I did. I, the four cost, along with yeah. the five cost, turns. Unless you were gonna know what it was, it, it's it's pay four to remove possibly a land. I don't know. I'm just not sure that he's competitive enough. It's fun though. It looks yeah. awesome. Yeah. I mean, he like. He could do some really cool things. Otherwise, eh, you know. The fact that his ability is repeatable is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and, and the fact that you could proliferate those counters. I, I mean... Know, I, think, I think you could, could get something pretty mean going with it. I mean, at the very worst, you played for five mana a 4-4 four, four that flies. True. True yeah. that. So... I guess I look at it in terms of the way I build decks, and most of my decks have a mana curve that tops out around four or five, with fewer cards even at that. Yeah. With only like 
you know, I'm only going to have like three or four cards in my deck that even cost more than four. And so... Yeah. I mean, if you were to get something out there, you know, if you were to be lucky enough to pull out uh, something, you know, big just off the top, like a you know, Phantasmal Dragon as a blocker or something, you know, something like huge or... Um, you know, maybe the Sphinx of Uthun, that, that's personally my pick even, but I mean, um, you know, you, you, maybe if you had the fairies, the ones that yeah. pop the top card. I think you would have fit in a lot more if you was put in M11. Yeah. The, the scry mechanic. Yeah, absolutely. But now he's back well, again with Blood There's thirst. no real scry. Yeah. There's, I mean, I don't know of any way in this set to look at the top card other than ponder. Yeah, he he's a cool card, but I feel like you're right. He's he's just a little misplaced. That that's the problem. Maybe I would like him more in a different set. That's the thing. You're saying you like the Sphinx, though, Josh? I do, I do. I like that a lot. It's the uh, factor fiction on a creature. <laughs> yeah. He's the um, Sphinx of Athun, the five and two blue for uh, when he comes into play. He's a five-six flyer. And, Factor Fiction when he comes into play. Which is awesome. Factor Fiction is, what, three and a blue? Yep. So, after the Factor Fiction discount, he's a pretty cheap 5-6 flyer. Yeah. I mean, that's just, I mean, seven's going to be a miserable to get out, obviously. <laughs> and I doubt he'll ever see much action, but... I just think he'd be kind of fun. He's the same sort of category, I think, as the um, the Jin. I mean, it's it's fun, but whether or not he'll ever actually get out, I mean, I, I see him more often than not sitting in your hand. Yeah, yeah. he'll probably be in a precon. Yeah. Oh, he, he is. Yeah, he is. He's oh. <laughs> oh yeah, he, he's precon material. Okay. Yep, that's perfect precon. They've been hitting those sphinxes hard for the last few years, really. Yeah, I think like they every have good going on there. I mean, if they want to find a, a creature that is big and blue aligned, sphinxes are a heck of a lot better than the old Levi go-to leviathan with can't attack unless your opponent controls two islands, a forest, and a goat. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Hmm. Yeah, the sphinxes. I guess design-wise, were a very good choice. Probably filling a gap that they that they had, but yeah, I, I've seen. Yeah, really cool art though. I'm digging the art in most of the most of the set. Definitely fun if you can find a reason to throw them in. Yeah, I think it'd be most fun and, to use. Brilliant Ultimatum for the same cost, which is the look at the top five, and then the opponent separates them, but you cast one of the piles. Yeah. Maybe cast Sphinx of Lassoon. Then you do Factor Fiction. Yeah. You could, you could uh, we, we were talking last week about building theme decks. You could make a Factor Fiction <laughs> theme deck. Yeah. Just have the Sphinxes, the Ultimatums, Factor Fiction. That'd be pretty awesome. That would be hilarious. Just like, really? I'm going to have to separate into it. Okay, whatever. <laughs> whatever, DJ. Because I'm sure you'd be the one to build it. Probably. <laughs> that would be pretty funny. You know yourself pretty quick. Yeah. You have to run... Uh, <laughs> oh, what's that new reset? It just came out. It's one of the mythics for some reason. Time reversal? Yeah. yeah. Or not new reset, but the return. That's an old one. That's uh, three and two blue as a sorcery. Each player shuffles his or her hand and graveyard into his or her library. They draw seven cards, exile, time reversal. Oh, it's right next kind to the Sphinx. Right, right next to the what? I was right next to the Sphinx. I was trying to find it in the <laughs> spoilers. Ah, yes. And turn to frog. <laughs> the most amazing card ever. Ribbit. Yeah, so... Yeah... Also, um, well, I hope they continue to use this art. I was just uh, yeah, getting a kick out of the art on redirect. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's hilarious. Like, 
image of a, a guy like hauling hauling himself through a corridor or something with a fireball right at his back. And then uh, the flavor text says, your strategy is marvelous. I've just made a few minor adjustments. <laughs> so hilarious. Oh, I love it. But yeah, okay. So, on to the objectively the best color in magic. Um, right? Right, that's Everybody an objective here. statement. Yep. That would be black, of course. Zach, actually. So... <laughs> Um, I understand your confusion. Green and black are, you know, close, but in the end, black wins. So, anyways, playing. Um, I call first on this one because I absolutely love this card, and it is drum roll. No. Um, Grave digger. <laughs> he's been in every set ever, and he's so awesome, and I love him. No, it's actually call to the grave, which is a four and a black. For an enchantment, at the beginning of each player's upkeep, that player sacrifices a non-zombie creature. At the beginning of the end step, if no creatures are on the battlefield, sacrifice Call to the Grave. So, right in line with, you know, those cards that I love and everybody hates, like Braids and uh, Grave Pact and things like that, yeah. Call to the Grave is a passive way to make your opponent's creatures dwindle. Particularly because there's um, a fairly heavy zombie influence in M12 in black, and so you can pretty much set it up so that your creatures are all zombies, and therefore they won't need to be sacrificed. So yeah, any thoughts on um, how Call to the Grave is the best card in M12? Does everybody agree? I think the only problem is Grave Titan is not a zombie, so she's not going to last very long. Wow. Yeah. You just have to be the party pooper. <laughs> I'll make him a zombie DJ. You could. He's well, a zombie in his heart. You're still getting one every time. It's basically, he has, a he, he has insurance. Yeah. You know, when he comes in, you get two. When he attacks, you get two. Well, those are zombies, though. Yeah, so you can sack. Oh, yes. I was thinking you could sack them. Point taken. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's silly. So, yeah. Who... Anybody else been stricken by any of these the new cards in black? Well, as much as I love playing black when it doesn't involve blue, I, uh, <laughs> I there's there's a few cards that I, I was minorly interested in. Again, one of those cards that's magical Christmas land cards is Soren's Vengeance. The uh, mm. four and three black to deal ten damage to a player and you gain ten life. Mm. Um, or just Magical Cabal Coffers Land. Yeah. Well, I, I don't ever, as we've discussed in earlier podcasts, I have no idea how those work and never, ever, ever plan to ever, ever understand how they work. Let Brad do the math and, and die when that. I just, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we've discussed it. I just stare blankly at him and every turn ask him if he's going to kill me. If no, I continue. <laughs> Is that enough mana to kill me? No? Okay. It's basically akin to my refusal to count my library. <laughs> so it's good that you can keep meticulous detail of how many cards I have left in my library because I basically just want to know, am I out of cards this turn or not? <laughs> I'll keep track of just about everything else in the game, but for some just, reason, how, many how much of those little things produce is just not on my list of things that'll ever get calculated. <laughs> that is a pretty awesome card. What do you like about it, Josh? Honestly, I, I went straight to my red deck that I double all damage, but... <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a uh, 4 and 3 black for deals 10 damage to target player and you gain 10 life, so that's pretty awesome. So doubling that means instant win, but uh, in addition to that, I, just, I think it's got a fun flavor for vampires. I don't or know you if you would have... use it with Soren Markov, is minus yeah. 3 is target opponent's life total becomes 10. Yep. Then play Soren's Vengeance. Money. <laughs> Hilarious. So, you know, just keep throwing plus twos on Soren. You already had to have six to play him, so just yeah. needed one more. You know, despite my... You know, I'm, I'm not totally thrilled about the vampires returning, but I do happen to like Soren 
a lot as a planeswalker and judging by the um, flavor text on this card as a as a character in the story um, I, I I don't know why but I just I love flavor text it's one of my favorite things about magic cards but I've um, just reading this it says cherish these last moments though your miserable life has come to nothing I have given it a magnificent end oh, yes. and the picture is of Soren plunging a sword <laughs> deep into someone's chest and there's blood spraying everywhere Ah, oh, that's so sweet a little gruesome actually see he, he's airborne in that shot isn't he He's pinning somebody to the wall with his sword yeah. by flying up. Yep. Wow. That's even more awesome, Soren. Yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely what's going on there. Not that guy's day, you know? No, I'm pretty sure he's enjoyed other days more. Yep. I really yeah. like the, the couple cards over on the spoiler, the Tormented Soul. That ah. one can't block and is unblockable for one mana. Especially with... Bloodthirst mechanic. You're hmm. going to need to get in your licks before you play these creatures in the second main phase um, to get their 1 1 counters. And so I think that's a really good way to accomplish that every turn. And just, it's, it's a great first turn that puts your opponent on, on the clock, you know? Yeah, we'll get things moving, yeah. I love that too. What about you, Leroy? Have you uh, had a chance to delve into the black? I I love all of the zombies and I love all of the vampires. But I was just looking at the vengeful pariah. And although uh, it's a You it's mean a Pharaoh? Bit, yes, sorry. Sorry. Um my brain's not with it today. Uh but He's, I mean, he's a little bit expensive, but he's kind of, kind of pretty cool. Zach, for what you, does he do? Uh, he's a five-four with death touch, and whenever combat damage is dealt to you or your planeswalker, uh, and he is in the graveyard, you get to d destroy target attacking creature and then put the uh, vengeful pharaoh back on top of your library. Yeah, I could uh, definitely see this guy as uh, a reason for which you don't mind being milled, I guess, you know? Uh, in the coming graveyard times, I guess, it'll, you'll want him to be sitting in your graveyard, I think. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's awesome if he's out there, too. Obviously, 5-4 Death Touch. And you can sort of unapologetically throw him in front of something to kill with death touch because he's just as powerful in the graveyard as he is out what do you guys think about that absolutely yeah he's really cool I think probably my favorite common is ring flesh though that seems pretty good one mana for an instant target creature gets minus three minus one until end of turn yeah so I'm that that not only accomplishes the sort of uh, the surprise blocker thing you could do because you're lowering their power significantly, uh, but it could also kill off um, things with one toughness pretty easily. And at least right now, I mean, there's a lot of lot of those in Phyrexia. Yeah, and I mean, for one one mana, that's pretty nice, and you're not going to have to worry about something. So, and. If it's actually a common common, yeah. it'll be cool. Well, it kills all the, the mages, and I know we kind of passed over those, but the, um, the Alabaster Mage, Azure Mage, uh, Onyx Mage, Crimson Mage, and Jade Mage, uh, they all have one toughness, I believe. So it kills all of them, and you can turn something to Frog, and then Ring Flush it. Oh, yeah. That's true. I'm curious to hear about some of Zach's new combo ideas. And if you're curious, come to Casual Planeswalker at www.casualplaneswalker.com. Yes. That was that was a self-made promotion right there. We gotta pay that guy Sorry. more. Elementary school like the Indian burns you 
started getting stuff. This guy was half naked wearing flesh. The art there was <laughs> and just having his skin ripped off through twisting. Yep. Somehow like a skin wedgie. Windows. What were you saying, Zach? Well, he was getting a skin wedgie. Oh. <laughs> he probably deserved it. <laughs> okay. Well, see, that makes me check out the flavor text on that card, which is, again, amazing. Don't blame me. You're the one walking around with skin. <laughs> That's brilliant. I love these guys. Under red? What uh, well, what about Deejmeister? Uh, I'm guess guessing he's got some secret sauce for uh, black. No, there's not a whole lot of cool stuff left. Okay, fine. We'll move on then. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Taste of Blood is pretty neat, just because it has a Dracula quote. Ooh. Yeah. Tell me. Never caught that. Tell me truly, I implore. <laughs> yeah, it's just a sorcery for one black to deal one damage to target player and you gain one life. But it also has the quote, How blessed are some people whose lives have no fears, no dreads, to whom sleep is a blessing that comes nightly and brings nothing but sweet dreams. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Along with the sexy picture, I like it. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, that's going straight for the Stephanie Meyer crowd. <laughs> oh, oh dear, I've been bitten by a sexy vampire. Whatever shall I do? That's my girl being seduced by vampire voice. <laughs> you practice that a lot. You know, it's a it's a one man play that I put on for myself in front of the mirror. <laughs> Okay, oh, we should move on to red quick before this goes any further. And you discover all of my dark secrets. Well, Act of Treason, boo! Take it away, burn it. I, I really wasn't too impressed with, like, new cards in red. No? No, maybe you guys were more... I mean, other than stuff we've already talked about, you know. Yeah. Numbers. I mean, the Phoenix is cool. I like Chandra. Like, the late releases. I, I was just... Crimson Mage is pretty sweet. Yeah, I don't think we talked about him. I don't. I don't think he was out, but Jesus. Uh, he's he uh, gives any creature you control haste until end of turn for one red mana. Haste on a stick, which is pretty sweet. Yeah. Will Z Will Zach be making another uh, goblin deck? I think so. I, I mean, it, vampires might get Brad going, but it's the goblins that really. Uh me on. Uh, Goblin Chieftain's back. Goblin Grenade is, is back. These are all returns, so they're, they're not that exciting, but, but I like them. Goblin Chieftain's pretty crazy, though. I mean, in a good way. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, I've seen him do some insane things. Yes, he's not very nice. Do you think there will be a sustainable, like, I mean, awesome goblin aggro deck like there has been in the past with this set. Uh, I, I, I think in standard it's viable. I think uh, that combining the event deck, you know, that we've been, that you all have been hating since Mirrodin Besiege came out with Goblin Grenade, is mm -hmm. not to wreck anybody's day. Get rid of some of the just take out the bolts. Um, trade bolts for grenade, or galvanic blast for grenade, and oh yeah, and and maybe go goblins, all goblins rather than artifacts, or or take out you know mem knights, weave in ornithopters, and I don't know. I, I see these slowing it down there. I mean, these don't seem like the, the old, you know, like the super dangerous, fast goblins where you're dead instantly. Yeah, but they've never been in corsets, so. <laughs> I was, uh, I, oh my gosh. They're, they're outdoing themselves on flavor text. Not, I didn't mean to interrupt your conversation on goblins, but it is pertinent. On, uh, on uh, Goblin War Paint, which is a, an enchantment 
it's an aura for one and a red. Enchanted creature gets plus two, plus two, and has haste. Um, the <laughs> the flavor text is, the secret to our war paint is hot peppers and stink bugs. Lots of stink bugs. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. So, yeah, awesome I think that would be an effective... Fighting. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least send you charging into battle. Because you really have no other option. No, in honesty, though, I, I would say that um, for red, I mean, I, I'm kind of excited to see Mana Barbs come back. Yeah, really. I thought that was kind of fun. I've always had this notion in my head of making a deck around Mana Barbs, but I've also had a notion of having friends, so I've never done it. <laughs> <laughs> but now Josh yep. doesn't need friends. <laughs> now that I live by myself in the middle of nowhere, I can build anything I want. That's, that's, yeah, that's a good our, way to always have your bloodthirst going too. Yeah, our uh, our friend Jose used to have a deck where he had mana barbs and oh, the black one. Uh, no, it was red as well, but it was basically the opposite. Where if at the end of the turn, if you had a land untapped, you would take a damage for that. <laughs> so whether you tapped your mana or not, you were going to take. A damage every turn for each land you control <laughs> and of course that isn't um, viable that card isn't really viable anymore because it's um, it's okay to tap your lands you know you don't take mana burn but at the time it was pretty annoying there were a lot of tricks like like he didn't mind tapping he he would have ways to manipulate like with chimeric idol and um, stuff like that where uh, there were a lot of cards from Prophecy where sort of you, you get like a, a really discounted mana cost but you'd have to tap all lands you control when it came into play so you'd get like a 3-3 three, three for 2 or something but you'd have to tap all lands you control when it came into play so he, he wouldn't mind his lands all being tapped um, because yeah I don't know. He had it. He had it set up so he could tap and untap lands and stuff. It was pretty, pretty cool. But that's what Mana Barbs reminds me of. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it puts everyone on a, a, a basically a, a twenty mana clock for the rest of the game, <laughs> clock if you will. That's true. I mean, it's a player, not opponent. So. Yeah. Um, DJ, I heard you uh, talking about one of the more ridiculous cards in the set. Yeah, ridiculous cards are always my favorite. Uh, in M12, they have Scrambleverse. Eh. <laughs> for six and two red, it's a sorcery that does, for each non-land permanent, choose a player at random. Then each player gains control of each permanent for which he or she was chosen, and then untap those permanents. So it'll just mix up the game a lot more, and it'll be tons of fun in multiplayer. <laughs> yes. I see it fitting well with the flavor of political puppets in uh, Commander. Yeah. I mean, it's not like hugely effective for that deck or anything, but it certainly goes right in line with the whole point to the deck. It's pretty cool. So run this off and then cast your Commander afterward? <laughs> yeah. Then mill yourself in two turns? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it might be a fun last-ditch effort for Red Burn that runs out of burn spells and ran out of creatures. Yeah. Just hope for some of theirs. <laughs> <laughs> hope for some of theirs. That's awesome. I see um, Stormblood Berserker as a possible, like, sleeper hit, you know? He's a 1-1 one, one for 1 and a red, and he's got Bloodthirst 2, and blood, uh, Stormblood Berserker can be blocked except by two or more creatures. So it definitely, Josh, it reminds me of that the red-green deck that you had based on enchantments mm -hmm. a few in the early days. And it, it would take creatures like... Um, Rabbit the, Wombat. Was, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't the Rabbit Wombat. It was the Wolverine, right? No. Uh, I had rabbit. Was it rabbit wombat? I think I had a wolverine of some sort. I had the rabbit wombat. I took the dwarven berserkers out because I hated the flavor text. 
Oh, that's right. <laughs> so it was a it was a berserker. Um, if you're talking about the berserkers, yeah, I actually they were an amazing card for the deck. I just absolutely hated the flavor text, and it made me so mad to see it. I took them out. Yeah. Speaking of flavor but, text. Was it one of the enchantments then that gave the uh, can only be blocked by two or more creatures? Man. It was the Mage Mark cards. Well, the red Mage Mark was first strike, and the green Mage Mark was plus one, plus one for each creature blocking it. Oh, that maybe that, that's what I was I think that's what you're thinking. thinking. Because, yeah, because each time you blocked it with a creature it would get plus one, plus one, and I would usually play with multiple mage marks, and so each creature blocking him, he would get plus two, plus two, and he yeah. had ranker on him, so he was probably also trampling over them. Yep. Oh yeah, I like that deck. Well, I definitely see uh, the Stormblood Berserker. It doesn't look too intimidating at first, but with Bloodthirst 2, it can pretty readily become a 3-3, three, three. And yeah, so I guess you play play it and as a three three for two. I like it. Can't be blocked by except by two or more creatures. I don't know. It seems pretty pretty nifty. Yeah, I mean, especially if you were to throw on that uh, that mage mark if you were just having a fun deck, you know. He's a three three that becomes at least a four four five five actually because you have to block with two creatures. Yeah. I like it. So, I guess let's let's wrap up our conversation uh, by touching on green, my other favorite color. And Zach, I know you have a particular soft spot in your heart for green. So why don't you give us a little, maybe two, a couple of cards that you're digging? Well, uh, I guess to start with, I really like Jade Mage. One in the green for a two-one. Uh, her ability is to pay two and one green to put a one-one uh, sapling into play, which is al always cool. The thing I like about these these mages is whether you get them early game uh, or late game, uh, the the fact that they don't tap to use their ability means you can throw a ton of mana into them. So Jade Mage can give you a ton of saplings. You can draw a couple cards with Azure Mage, um, but I, I like the, the token creatures, and so she's one of my favorites. Um, more interesting, I think, for the general public is uh, Skin Shifter. He's a 1-1 one, one for one and a green, uh, and pay one, one green mana, and then choose one until end of turn, Skin Shifter becomes a 4-4 four, four Rhino and gains Trample, or until end of turn, Skin Shifter becomes a 2-2 two, two Bird and gains Flying, or Skin Shifter becomes a 0-1. Or a zero eight plant. <laughs> activate this ability only once each turn. And that's pretty epic. Those are my favorites. That's an awesome card. That is definitely epic. That can do. That is like a three for one right there. That was my pick for green by far. It's just such a beautiful card. I can see that being so handy if you're just playing like. I mean, if if you manage to pull one of those, that is a turn one pick in draft guaranteed. Yeah. I would look forward to attacking with them, seeing how they block, turn them into a plant if I need or need to, turn them into the rhino if that's better. Yeah, I mean, if they don't have, like, if they don't have any creatures, drop the rhino, and if it's their turn, you know, if you're saving them to block, they've got something big, say they've got, like, a 6-5 that's about to smash your face, drop them into an 0-8 on their turn, I mean, if you've they've got something that's on the ground, you don't want to mess with it, pop them into a 2-2 flyer, I mean... Just, you just can't beat it. I um, hmm. I I really like the primordial hydra. Mm -hmm. I mean, it seems like they're always trying to make hydras slightly more intimidating, and I think they actually hit it with this one. That's going to be a destroy as soon as possible. <laughs> it's a it's a mythic, but it's X and two green. When it comes when it comes into play, it has the typical. Hydra ability of uh, X plus one plus one counters, and then at the beginning of your upkeep, double the number of plus one plus one counters on primordial hydra, 
and Primordial Hydra has Trample as long as it has 10 or more plus 1 plus 1 counters on it. So it's not too unreasonable to be expecting it to have Trample within a turn or two in most situations. I think one, amazing, one awesome little combo you can do is drop him out, like, you know, turn three or turn four, as soon as you can get any enough mana ramp, have uh, turn two drop Swiftfoot boots and throw those on him right as he comes out. Unless they've got an answer to him immediately, you're going to save him. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be the big thing with him is keeping him alive. So get him out early game, you know, maybe only have one counter on it, maybe two if hmm. you ramp a little. That's awesome. Yeah, that's brilliant. Hmm. Brilliant. Maybe. I mean, that's what I'm thinking. Interesting. Yep. Again, a card I'd like to have in the, in the yeah, Counterpunch Commander deck. Just tons of counters to play with. Yeah. yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> Zach, <laughs> no. By the way, you're not allowed to do that. I should think you'd be uh, pretty excited, Zach, about doubling chant as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I missed that. What was that? It's uh, five and a green, and it's a sorcery for each creature you control. You may search your library for a creature card with the same name as that creature. Put those cards on the battlefield and shuffle your library. Hmm. What's scarier than one of every beast in the forest? <laughs> That's uh, the flavor text. I'm not that clever. <sighs> yeah, that or, you know, throw out the carnage worm. Come out to the 9-9 trample if you hit his bloodthirst. A 3 for 6 and a green. Absurdity. I have a sneaky suspicion that the troll hide is the, I don't know, it seems to be particularly modeled after the troll that you used to use, Zach. What was his name? Oh, oh gosh. It was like, <laughs> it was like Armadillo Cloak Troll. Yeah. He was white and green. Yeah. Charging what? Troll? Charging Troll? Yeah. Survey says... Yes. Eh, he looks kind of ogre-ier than this troll. I mean, maybe troll-ier. They stop for nothing, not even the end of a battle. That was Charging Troll. He was awesome. But yeah, Trollhide troll is pretty cool. That's a two and a green for enchantment. Gives a creature plus two, plus two, and regenerate for one and a green. I think we talked about that last time, but... I was just checking that out. Um, I think the last like really intriguing card I saw in green was the Arachnus Spinner. Seems like your sort of card, Deej Meister. Yeah, I, I don't know. What do you think? I think he's one of my favorite of the new kind of intro pack creatures. So as a 5 and a green, a 5-7 reach... He's pretty good as it is, but you can also untap and untap spider you control to search your graveyard and or library for a card named Arachnus Web, put it into the battlefield attached to target creature. What the web does is enchanted creature can't attack or block, and its activated abilities can't be activated, but at the beginning of the end step, if enchanted creature's power is 4 or greater, destroy Arachnus Web. So it's kind of cool as something you can use every once in a while and it'll at least stop some of the bigger creatures for a turn. Yeah. It's pretty hilarious, actually, yeah. that this giant spider can shoot its web and stop something. Well, it's not just that giant spider, it's any spider. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Wow. How many spiders are there? I don't know. I think it's time for spider deck time. <laughs> <laughs> I think they've finally given enough, given us enough spiders, like two per set, for years. Might be time for spider deck. Huh. Spider deck, spider deck. 
has a bunch of spiders. I gotta be honest, stinger fling spider is kind of a lame sound. <laughs> I guess, I mean, if you're into cool sounding things. Stinger fling. Is that like, I, I haven't seen that one yet. Oh yes, there it is. It's four and a green two for two five reach, destroy a creature with flying when it comes That's into That's pretty flying. awesome though. I gotta admit, the artwork is even pretty lame. Yeah, I'll give you that. I said it in the blog post, but I, I really like the the flavor in the web there. Of if, if it throws the, the web around too big of a creature, the creature breaks out of the web by the end of the turn. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. It's an interesting way to like dial that in. You know, it makes more sense this way. You know, like the 9-9 carnage worm being trapped by the spider web is in, in logical terms kind of odd, you know, to think about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like. So, any other insights looking at the, the new green cards? Well, I think Hunter's insight is pretty cool. <laughs> I set you up there. Yep. Yeah, for two and a green, you can choose target creature you control. Whenever that creature deals combat damage to a player or a planeswalker, you draw that many cards. And it's also an instant, so you can kind of play it once blockers have been declared and just pass it on to an unblocked creature and draw however many cards you need. Yeah. Primor Trixie, Trixie. Primordial Hydra and that and... yourself. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Yay. And deck yourself. Yeah. Pretty sweet. Mm -hmm. Green's looking good. And least, and also last. I'm just kidding. Sorry, DJ. Yeah. I know you love artifacts. It's my favorites. I know. So why don't you give us a rundown of the new, cool, awesome artifacts in M12? Pentavis. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> that. <laughs> He is none of those things. <laughs> yeah. Well, the one that jumped at me is the Empire Artifacts. There's Crown of Empires, Scepter of Empires, and Throne of Empires. And they're all artifacts that have tap abilities, but if you have all three of them out, they do like an upgraded version of whatever that ability is. It's like the Throne of Empires. That is really cool. Yeah, the Throne of Empires is like a four mana artifact. You can pay one and tap to get a 1-1 one, one white soldier token, but if you have the Scepter of Empires and the Crown of Empires and the Throne, you get five of those 1-1 one, one soldier tokens. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> kind of remind me of the Cauldra set from Mirrodin. Yeah. Except... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like they're really making a point to make the artifacts work together in this set. You know, we had the great sword and the kite shield sort of working alongside mm -hmm. each other, and now the, you know, the empire artifacts. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, wow, I'm gonna, yeah, jump ahead here and say that druidic satchel is pretty awesome, isn't it? It's uh, obviously an artifact for three. Pay two and tap it to reveal the top card of your library. If it's a creep if it's a creature card, put a one one green sapperling creature token into the battlefield. If it's a land card, put that card onto the battlefield under your control. If it's a non creature, non land card, you gain two life. It's like it's all good. <laughs> That'd be a really fun uh, commander card. Oh <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, Kind of also like Quicksilver Amulet. Ah, yes. Just to play with some big fatty. <laughs> that is pretty, uh, pretty epic. Definitely uh, also see the potential with Pentavis and Mimeoplasm. Ooh. Yuck. Yeah. Uh, he creates. It's basically the same as, as the other one. I can't remember. That's just mean. But you can 
sacrifice these ones to put them back onto Pentavis. And he comes in with five instead of three, but he doesn't have flying. Interesting. Hmm. I like, uh, They've also uh, brought back the Solemn Simulacrum, except they remove the art of the, um, I don't know his name, whoever that was drawn after or painted after, whichever player that was. So, unfortunately, his legacy has probably been removed from Magic forever. Because from now on, they'll print it like this, probably. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? That was, that was just the thought that I had as I was looking at it. I don't like, think, oh, poor guy. I don't think I've seen the other one. It's all good. Wasn't he in the... Uh, he is in Commander with the original art, yes. That's interesting. They changed it so quickly. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I'm trying to find who. I'm trying to find who that is. Well, while you're doing that, I really like uh, Sundial of the Infinite, mostly just because I don't know what it's going to do yet, but I'm excited to see uh, the two mana put in play and then one in tap. Uh, end the turn. Activate this ability only during your turn. And uh, I, I'm so glad that they included some explanatory text with this one. I yeah. saw all spells and abilities on the stack discard down to your maximum hand size damage wears off. In this turn and end of, until end of turn effects end. Uh, so the cool thing you can do with Sundial of, of the Infinite is if your uh, opponent has some uh, spell or ability that they're using on your turn, you can just straight up deny it at the cost of the rest of your turn. Which in some cases might be pretty cool. I mean, you can delay until you top deck the thing you need, or I, I, I don't know. I don't know how this one's going to be used, but it's got such a radical, weird ability that uh, I'm, I'm kind of excited for it. Now you can you can play things in response to its ability, though. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, I can also... Yeah, it would just destroy the current stack. So, the only danger here is that, you know, if you're against, like, a thinking opponent, they may, you know, sort of throw out a... just, a, like, a thing that they're semi-care about, you know? Mm -hmm. Be like, alright, you can end your turn. I'll get rid of one of my... I don't know. You're still, I guess, you could still use it to gain some card advantage. You know, I mean, if they have to cast two spells to get one to go off, you're still winning. Right. And you know, they're they're caught they're paying two to get some effect, which may be removal, it may be something. And you choose, you know, if you can live mm -hmm. through the first burn spell, then yeah. you know, let it go off and when they try to disenchant the sundial or, or you know, or vice versa, yeah. whatever you need to do you can you can ensure that your, your opponent that, that that spell doesn't get through yeah hmm I like it I just noticed the adaptive automaton yeah. it's three for a two two that comes into play you choose a creature type adaptive adaptive automaton is the chosen type in addition to its other types other creatures you control the chosen type get plus one plus one. Seems like a perfect matchup with the illusions. Ooh, nice. <laughs> Turn him into illusion. You've got another illusion lord. He's he's an illusion, so he gets the bonus from oh, Lord of the Unreal. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, you can make him a spider and then tap him <laughs> other people. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Make him a goblin I, uh, I think you should make something <laughs> that absolutely does not use his ability in the slightest, like Rhino, and use him with stampeding Rhino. <laughs> or wolf or go. bears. Do bears. Make him go with bears. I think he'd be he'd go great with Amphin Cutthroat, the new Salamander Rogue. 
<laughs> oh yeah, we forgot to talk about him. Yeah. Why don't you give us a rundown, Deej? Well, he's a creature with three and a blue for a two-four, yes. and he's a salamander rogue, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah, but you could call it salamander type. <laughs> that's true. With with a huge flavor text. Yeah. This <laughs> like, is supposed to be foreboding or something. The Amphen have long built their society in secret, while surface dwellers squabbled over trivial borders. They patiently expanded, building their Ammonite temple caves. Now Amphen priests eye the shore. The Amphen hunters gird for war. Oh, it's poetry. I'm sorry. I, I think I had like something of a seizure. What, what was that again? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I, I fell asleep. It's probably some form of flavor, but good night. Yep. Well, let's end on a high note, guys. <laughs> Talk. And, uh, you know, no offense to the cutthroat family or anything. It's just Amphen cutthroat is not super exciting. But Hey, we can say that they're sticking with the good lands, the good duels. That's true. Yeah. They've got the old cycle of... Dragon Skull Summit, Drowned Catacomb, Glacial Fortress, Rootbound Crag, and Sun Petal Grove. Winning. Those are pretty awesome. Yeah, these ones are great. I mean, you're not losing too much on turn one if you don't have one of the other lands out. And, I mean, they're just as good as a land later on. Yeah. You know, just as good as, well, they're obviously way better than a basic later on. Awesome. Well, I'm excited for M12. Uh, Zach, what what's the the official situation on uh, M12 this weekend? Well, uh, because we're done with regional pre-releases, your local store should have a pre-release party this weekend. Uh, so you can get on the Wizards uh, Play ne- Network location finder. Uh, we'll put a link up for that on the podcast and uh, find a place near you where you can play this Saturday in the pre-release. Uh, note that if you do play in the pre-release, you will get, will get a foil uh, version of uh, Bloodlord of Vazgoth uh, with alternate art. So that's a, a pretty cool bonus. He's a, a mythic rare. So He's not too bad. Yeah, yeah he's, he, he's awesome if you're going vampires. Uh, and I think vampires will be a fun way to go once the Mistrad comes out. Get to the pre-release. Sign me up. Any other announcements? All right. Well, with that, I say uh, we, the casual planeswalkers, shall bid you adieu. Thanks for listening, everyone. Be sure to look us up at www.casualplaneswalker.com or search for The Casual Planeswalker on Facebook to keep in touch and stay up to date with all the latest news we're bringing to you. Thanks for waking my cowlick.